When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Welcome, welcome back, everyone, to another episode. And as you can see by the title, today's episode will be a What Went Down one, where I will share my final thoughts on duty after school. And before I jump into my final thoughts, I want to start off this episode with an immediate trigger and spoiler warning. I will be discussing all major plot points and happenings of this drama. So if you were planning on watching this, I highly recommend listening to this episode after you have finished the drama. And then I also want to give a huge trigger warning as this drama does deal with bullying and extreme violence, gun violence, and it's just a very triggering drama and to say the least. Um, So I just want to warn everyone that I will be talking about some of those triggering moments in this episode. So if you you kind of just know that's not your MO, please, 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 please do not continue listening. Um, However, if you can potentially handle those triggering, um, you know, kind of conversations and things of that nature uh, that take place in this drama and you still aren't planning on watching the drama, then I do recommend you sticking around and listening to this episode because I will be giving you kind of what went down in the drama. So if you want to know what happened without all the gory details of the drama itself, then this is a good way of kind of getting um, some kind of insight on what took place in this drama. So now that I've covered that, let me go ahead and get started with my synopsis of this drama and maybe pointing out or highlighting some particular characters that I really want to give a little extra special attention to. And then I'll go into my final thoughts on duty after school. And I will say this about my synopsis. It is a hodgepodge um, that I've put together using Asian Wiki and Wikipedia. So just so there's transparency, this synopsis is taken from those sources. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started. So Duty After School is actually a K-drama that is an adaptation of a webtoon that was, I think, published and released in 2012 to 2013. And so this is quite a dated, um, I'm not dated, it's a quite an older story. However, one thing that I initially said about this drama is that the story itself does not feel dated at all. Um, But Duty After School revolves around a group of senior students from Sungjin High School, and they are all preparing for their university entrance exams. However, they are suddenly thrust into a war against bizarre alien creatures before they can even take their exams. The Korean government announces that all high schools have to organize, organize their senior students into reserve 
forces to increase the military power in Korea to help fight against the alien invasion. We then have platoon leader Lee Chun-ho and Sergeant Kim Won-bin come to the high school to train the students and their homeroom teacher Park Eun-young immediately becomes concerned about the well-being of all her students as they start training after school to become reservists. Once our students become reservists, they are then tasked with destroying the deadly spheres filled with alien creatures that drop from the sky. Some of the reservists um, or some of our students are driven by the promise by the government of receiving bonus points on their CSTAT exams for their military service, while others are just simply wanting to go home and they kind of are over it and they don't want to do this kind of um, duty anymore. So that is the quick synopsis of duty after school. Now that I gave you some insight on the synopsis, I want to go ahead and give you um, a highlight of a few characters because there, well, you know what? Let me say this. There are so many characters in this story as in our entire class um, of students. Our class is about 20 something students and some of them very early on end up dying. So they don't get to kind of, we don't get to follow their entire story, but they're their kind of presence and and the students remembering them is still a part of the story. Um, so that is important. So they're all the characters are important is my point. <laughs> and I feel bad highlighting and pulling out a few to kind of talk about um, in particular, but just know that all of these students had so much personality, so much to them. And they did play these kind of you know, stock roles in a way, in a way where these were, this was their type of character. They were supposed to be this type of character in this group. However, all of them were so meaningful and special to me. And I, I want to talk about them all, but I can't. So I'm just going to highlight a few. So the first student that I want to feature or kind of highlight is Kim Chi Yol. So Kim Chi Yeol, played by Kim Ki Hae, is quite introverted and he appears to have no special, you know, dreams or motivations when it comes to going to university. And he is also the character that we kind of get to follow around. We get to see the story through his lens in a way. He does wear glasses, um, but he also is tasked as the student who has to kind of record an interview his fellow classmates as kind of a log for their parents as they once they start training at the school they don't have access to their families so he is supposed to be charged with you know taking note and recording and logging their time training and their experiences that so that he can they can send that back to their parents or so they're told um so we get to see the drama through his eyes um and then another thing about him is that he has a crush on one of the girls in the class and her name is Ignara and she's also quite um, quiet and but she has this very kind of cool air about her and the other thing to note about her is that in the group and they're in the team she is the sharpshooter of the team and so it's super cool to see that about her she's like you know just quiet and composed she's she's actually great so great that there's a, another boy that also has a crush on her and so yeah there's that but anyway, he is definitely one of the main characters that we want to start with because he 
again, is kind of this, the, the character that we follow this story through. Um, another character that, or another student I want to highlight is the character Yun Bora, played by Kwan Bin. She is um, very frank and she has this hot-tempered personality, but she while she seems to be, you know, kind to a lot of her other classmates and a lot of other people in the class, she is still quite mean to one particular student, No A Sol, played by E Yun. She's so mean to her and their relationship is such a confusing one throughout the entire story. And I think maybe knowing their the web tune would have been helpful and and maybe understanding their relationship fully. But I can't tell you if I really got what their relationship really was. But it seemed from the minute we meet the two that Bora, you know, bullies Esol. She bosses her around. She's just irked and disgusted by everything that she does while um, Esol is just trying to make it. She's really quiet. She keeps to herself. She does whatever Bora tells her to do without second, you know, second guessing or questioning it. She's kind of clumsy and she is always falling behind. Um, and she's, you know, doesn't, can't do things right. You know, that's the kind of character that she is. But at all points, do we have Bora who's just kind of just annoyed by her. Everything she could possibly do or say, Bora is ready to attack her. And it's just... I don't know what the relationship is. I was like, they obviously have some kind of relationship that's outside of school that has bled over into how um, they interact in school. But I don't know if I really picked it up while watching the drama. Maybe if I did a rewatch, I would probably catch it better. But I definitely think that those are two um, kind of standout characters because of the way their relationship plays out in this story. Now, another character I want to highlight is another bully. <laughs> yes, we have a, a, a Bora is one of our bullies. And then we also have um, Kwan Ilha, played by Kim Sun-gum, who is an actor who has played a bully, um, it seems like, in every role he's ever been. <laughs> um, so he's quite good at it but he is a troublemaker character and he bullies in the very beginning a character named Jong Young Hun um, and then later he takes to kind of bullying Kuk Young Soo played by An Do Gyu and his his kind of personality is just that he is also super annoyed by those two um, students because they are very smart, they're bright, their main focus is nothing but studying. They only care about studying and going and getting into a good school. Their their priority is getting first and second, you know, in the class. And he just is annoyed by them. And he also thinks there's something... And, and you know what? I didn't know if I... I'm just reading into this, but I almost felt like what he didn't like most about them was just that they were so indifferent to everyone else in the classroom. Like they didn't care to fit in. They didn't care to make friends in the class. And it seemed like that was mostly his problem with them more than anything. And I thought that was fascinating from a a bully, right? So, you know, that is um, Ilha, that is that character. And then I want to also point out the the student that he bullies later on in the drama, Kuk Young-soo. This character is very important because he, he is the only student who appears to hold on to this idea that the government 
promising them the extra bonus points on their CSTAT exams is is true. Like he's the only one that holds on to that that lie. He really believes in it and that's his main focus all while they're fighting these vicious murderous aliens. He's still studying for the CSTATs, right? He thinks that the government promising them these extra points is a real thing that he's really going to get somewhere and he's going to finish his his little, you know, reserve service and then go on to take the CSAT without any difficulties. He's the only student who really holds into that notion. And that is very very important to the story and the in his character because we find out in the end what that turns into. So I will talk about the ending on its own. Like I'm going to go through the entire ending. So just you wait. Um, But I wanted to highlight those characters. And then we also have some characters um, that are just good characters. As far as like, we have a student named um, Kim Yoo Jung. She's played by the actress Yo Joon Ha, and she's the president, class president. And she takes a leader role throughout the entire drama. So we love that about her. Um, we also have the character um, Jo Jung Soo, played by the young actor Yoon Jung Bin. And he is also a character who takes on a leadership role and kind of leads the squad, you could say. And then we have like a, our one of our brains, Jo Young Shin is a character who's like a brain. We have our kind of mood maker, Wang Tae Man, and he's kind of, you know, lighthearted and provides really silly, funny moments. And, you know, so that is kind of just the gist of these, some of these type of characters and kind of some of the roles that they play. Again, all of them are very important to the story. So I don't want to act like me not mentioning some of the characters, some of the students is not important because they, they very much are. Um, now let me talk really briefly about the two other characters, um, that are important as in Yi Chung Ho played by Shin Hyung Soo. He's a lieutenant and he's the platoon commander of our class. He starts off being very strict with the students, but he ends up not even ends up, he quickly warms up to them and it, shows that he really and shows that he really cares for them more than anyone else um and then we also have his um kind of faithful assistant and his name is kim won bin played by the actor Yi soon Won, and he's a sergeant who is often teased by the students for looking much older than his actual age of 21 and i don't know how true that really is i don't know if he really is 21 or he just pretends but it's super cute um and funny that the students get to play with that in the beginning of the drama. So that just provided for a little bit of lightheartedness as well. So those are our kind of two leaders um, who kind of help us set up this stage with our students as they start on the war. Now, now that I have talked about that, I have to talk about the setup and the structure of this drama so that I can get into my final thoughts. So it's this story this this drama is broken down into two parts um we have 10 episodes total but we get a part one which is six episodes and a part two and in the first six episodes duty after school gives us the reality of the alien invasion um the reality of the students having to train after school 
to join the reserve forces, the reality of the lie that the government tells the students that convinces them to join the forces, the start of the war with the aliens, the violent and gruesome deaths of so many students. Um, we also get to unfortunately see the death of our beloved, their beloved teacher, as well as our platoon leader. We see that all in the first six episodes. And that sounds like a lot, right? And it's a, it is a lot. And it almost seems impossible to fit into six episodes of a drama. But this drama does it masterfully. It really does. That's one of the first things that I must say I loved about this drama. Because this is based off of a webtoon. Um, so... With that, I always hope that there will be no issues adapting a story that's already there. However, what usually happens with these shorter drama adaptations is that it always feels like they run out of time to tell the entire story of a well-beloved or long-running webtoon. And um, Duty After School seems to have no issues. They are able to tell their story, even though there are some kind of major changes from the original story, they still are able to tell their story and it's allotted space of 10 episodes to me perfectly. And I always have to shout that out because I've seen it not done well so many times now that it's just when I see it done right, I have to shout it out. Now, this also leads me to, again, the setup of this drama and what I really appreciated and liked about it. The way that the drama is set up, again, is through the lens or the eyes of our Kim Chil character. They call him, his nickname is Kim Chi, so I might call him Kim Chi as well. So they, we start off the story with his kind of perspective. He is who we are following. Um, and as we follow all these students, he kind of is our, our lens though. And one of the things that we notice from the very beginning from his lens and his from his perspective is the character or the student, Jong Young Hun. And this is a student who when we meet him, he's actually being bullied and, and, and being pushed around by our our one bully, Ilha, because again, he is the top of their class and his main focus is doing well on his exams and going into, you know, going to a good university. So he does not care about anyone else in that class. He refuses to make friends. He will, he blatantly says that to Kim Chi at one point where it's just like, I don't have time for you guys. Right. And Kim Chi's such a sweetheart. He's such a nice guy. He's trying to like, you know, befriend him and it's quite interested in him. However, he is getting pushed by, you know, he's getting pushed away by this young Han character. And the way that the story sets this, this character up, it almost feels like he's going to be very, very important to our story, as if he's almost the main character that we're going to be following. However, this character is the first student that we see killed by the aliens once they land on their school campus. And the way the drama opens this, this up, as in this is such a, a character that we have started to learn about and that seemed really important to the story. But then for them to immediately kill him off, it immediately shifts the story or the perspective onto what we're really paying attention to when it comes to these students. We're paying attention to this dichotomy between those who focus and believe that their main purpose as a student is just that, being a student, doing well in their tests, getting good grades so they can go into a good university and then eventually start this amazing life. That is all they should care about. That's all that they focus on. And in focusing on all of this, 
those students do not form good relationships with their peers. They don't care about, you know, forming relationships or friendships. They don't care about um, others in a weird way. They only care about themselves. There's a selfishness to that. And it's unfortunate, right? Because there's so much more to life than obviously taking exams and going to university. And the fact that that is the focus at the very beginning of this drama, it sets the stage for how we're supposed to view our students as they embark upon this war. And this is what leads me to the next thing that I really, really love about this drama, is this focus on this alien evasion as if that is the, what we're really focusing on or that we're really studying or really paying attention to when honestly, what we're really watching is an allegory, right? Um, of how this, the way that high school students have this pressure put on them for performing well on these tests and getting into good schools, that to them seems so much more heavy and, 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 and a battle than the actual battle of fighting against these aliens. (laughs) They say yes to joining the military so that they can get extra points on their CSTAT exams. They are willing to fight this weird unknown war. They don't even know what they're getting themselves into simply because they hear they're going to get bonus points on their CSAT and they don't want to be the only student that doesn't get those bonus points. That is enough to motivate these students to join a war, okay? And so to have that be the setup was just like, oh my gosh, we're talking about something bigger and deeper here. And I love that. Oh, I love that. You know, I love that. So I immediately pointed that out as something that made this story so much more interesting to me and so much more real to me than an alien evasion story, right? It's like, it's not about these aliens. This story has nothing to do with these aliens. What we're really fighting up against in this story are these pressures that these students are put under to be something that they need to be, that they feel they have to be, when in reality, there's so much more to them than that. Um, But unfortunately, society doesn't allow them to explore those things and do not allow them to celebrate their differences and their relationships and friendships that they're forming in school. Instead, they're only celebrated by, you know, what the score they receive on an exam and if they get into a certain university. And so I just loved how we think we're we're talking about an alien invasion and we're really, really not. Now, let me get into some specifics as far as how this story plays out and what we get to observe these these students going through. So the first thing that I want to point out is that at the beginning of the story, after the students start training after school, um, (laughs) which is so, it's so funny, duty after school, but like they start training after school to be a part of the military. And of course, they're just like miserable. They hate everything about it. Their platoon leaders yelling at them every, every turn. And yet they still find the motivation to go through this training because of these bonus points for the CSTAT. Then, and then suddenly it turns into no longer just training and it turns into, hey, guess what, guys? 
training's over. <laughs> the war is here. You guys don't have time for any more training. You're, you're in war. You're actually at war now. And this switch that the students have to kind of go through immediately from, we're just training, right? We're just training. We're just learning how to shoot a gun to, hey, no, start shooting. The aliens are here and they're killing all of us one, one by one. So let's, 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 let's kind of jump into this. And I thought that was such a fast switch, but also it made sense, right? Like they started this war, they started their training under this guise that they were just, you know, oh, it's just, we're just, we just need you to do this. Cause you know, there's some things going on from, you know, the government's just kind of quietly telling them like, yeah, um, we just need you guys to do this for us. Thanks. Without them really knowing the extent to what the war was really going to be. When we start seeing the students and people dying off in just mass amounts, it is so heartbreaking. It is so heartbreaking. Um, but we are still following our students. We're still following our class. And this class, again, is divided. They have their own little friend groups within it. We have two, these two bullies, you know, and, and yet they immediately start to form a team. They start to form a bond of, Hey guys, it's us against the world right now. Literally, (laughs) we got to figure this out together. And to see them go from this, this class of kind of mishap students to a actual military squad was so cool to watch. It was really cool to watch. And then we watched the story progress as they are actually on the streets fighting these aliens face to face. They're actually on missions face to face with these aliens. And yes, we do see some of our students early on, unfortunately, being killed by these aliens, but not many of them. We have a large amount of our students that make it all the way through to the first part of this of this story. I mean, majority of our 20-something students are surviving. They are making it through. They are getting better at shooting. They're, they are actually being um, useful in this war against the aliens. But again, like I said, in the beginning of this drama, the first part of this drama, we do get to see the death of someone that is so critical and in such a key player in these students and their development in being this squad that ends up, you know, annihilating these aliens, which they do. And it is our platoon leader. He ends up sacrificing himself for the students, of course, for their mission of um, killing mass amounts of aliens, because a part of their mission that they are given is that they're supposed to go to the countryside outside of Seoul, where there seems to be less of these spears. And the government and everyone starts to recognize that the spears are in, you know, suspended in the air, suspended in the sky. And and it seems like they're only kind of concentrated in areas where there's a lot of people, because that's where they want to, you know, descend to and kind of annihilate our humans in those areas. So in the countryside where there are less people, there appears to be less spears. So what the government 
kind of sends our squad off to do is to go to the countryside and because there are less amount of aliens there to go and try to, uh, you know, completely kill those aliens that are in those areas. So when our platoon leader ends up sacrificing himself, it's on this mission where they all come up with a grand plan of kind of luring the aliens into one concentrated space and then setting off a kind of explosion with these special bullets or special uh, I guess, yeah, special bullets that they have to use, that they have to use to kill these aliens. And so, because normal guns, normal bullets do not work on these aliens, let's just say that. But they basically, you know, come up with a grand plan to to lure a mass amount of these aliens into one area, one building, and to kind of detonate that building with the aliens inside. However, stuff happens, of course, and our platoon leader gets trapped inside and the final moments is that he has to make a decision for the greater good is to just stay where he is and to detonate the building with himself in it while his students and his his platoon is you know across the way and it is such a scene that I cried my little eyes out I don't think I've cried as much as I've cried um and a drama this year than that than that episode and that final scene of part one of this drama. I cried like a little baby because what we saw <laughs> was the way he recognized what the government had done. He recognized what the military was doing as far as tricking these students into believing that there was something beyond this war with taking tests. He understood that that wasn't the case. Like he knew that he was just actually using these students to fulfill the mission of getting rid of and fighting these aliens. And he knew that there was no guarantee that they were surviving. However, he still did his best to protect them. He did his best to train them. And he really wrapped them into his platoon leader arms And that was such a beautiful moment because these are kids who are without their families. And there's, you know, a lot of the girls are always talking about they want to see their mother, they want to see their mom. And he takes in, you know, takes them all in and they only trust him, right? And they feel they don't trust the other adults in the the government and other, you know, and military personnel anymore because of the lie that they've been kind of lured into or lured by. And so they really bond with him. They really connect with him and we get to see their bond and we get to see their cute moments. We get to see the platoon leader have, you know, soft moments with them and having moments where he's laughing and smiling, even though he's usually very stern and he keeps his face, you know, he never smiles, but sometimes they get smiles out of him. And we find out a little bit about his background and how he got into the military and kind of what he plans to do after he leaves, you know, and we see all this only for us to get to this, this ending of part one and he sacrifices himself for these kids so the saddest part is that he does that he sacrifices himself for his for those kids but then also now the kids don't have him and they're holding on by a thread at this point and the fact that they don't have him anymore breaks my heart even more (laughs) i'm like they needed him they need him and we end part one knowing that they don't have him anymore So 
that is the end of part one. That is the the most one of the most heartbroken broken moments of this drama for me, and I cried like a little baby. Now, we wait a little bit before part two is aired, and I was on the edge of my seat waiting for part two because I just had to see how the story ended. I was just like, what happens? What happens? How do you possibly fight these aliens? These aliens were ruthless. They were vicious. There were so many of them. It wasn't just like, oh, you know, one, you know, one UFO, one spaceship lands on, on Earth and it's, you know, a few aliens that they have to kill. No, there's these tiny little aliens. There's these big little aliens. They're just like just so many of them. And I just kept thinking while I was watching part one, how was this drama going to possibly end? How are these aliens going to really die? How are they going to really survive this? And I, as I kept thinking that, I thought they're not. <laughs> they can't possibly. There's no way these students could survive these alien, uh, this alien attack. There's no way. And I think I also thought that because unlike some of these other stories where you have these zombie attacks or these alien invasions and the government is such a big focal point and the military is such a big focal point, you get to see the inner workings of like them finding out and figuring out how they're going to, um, you know, how they're going to win the war, how they're going to kill. They're, we're looking at their tactics and they, they have these breakdowns on them, you know, exploring or dissecting and understanding how the aliens work or how the zombies come to be and how to kill them. You know, we see all these moments. And in this drama, we don't get to see a lot of those moments. We don't learn a lot about the aliens. We don't we don't learn about why they're there. We don't learn about how to get rid of them, really. You just are focused on these students and their journey into fighting these aliens, right? And that's how I knew, again, the story was not about these aliens. It just was not about these aliens. What we got to see the most inner workings of and kind of seeing the kind of, um, what we got to explore the most were these students and kind of how their journey was and how their brains were working in this kind of high stakes situation that, it didn't seem much different than how it is for them just sitting in a classroom and preparing for exams. The stakes seemed just as high to them. And it was just so fascinating to me that they used aliens to compare that to. Um, but that was, yes, that was part one. So when we get into part two, we only have four episodes left. And those four episodes start off with our students by themselves. Um, and you can tell time has passed. They are still on the in the countryside. They have basically um, created a fort where they are kind of like a home base and this abandoned space, this abandoned building where they have their rations, um, food that they have found and collected and kind of stored away for them to ration out um, so they can continue surviving. They are still going on tiny mini missions in different squads. They are so much better at killing and shooting um, these aliens. Time has obviously passed and you can see their growth without their platoon leaders. So we get to see them really working as a unit. And so that is the inter, you know, that's us entering into part two. I was in shock. I was amazed by them. I thought, look at, look at my babies. Look at them. Look at them grow. They have really become a real unit. They have bonded over 
the deaths that they have experienced together, like the platoon leader um, and some of their other classmates, they have bonded over that and they seem like their new mission isn't just to kill these aliens, but to survive to make sure no one else dies becomes their new mission. And I love that. I just thought that was so meaningful and beautiful that they have gotten that close and bonded that much and rely on each other that much that their new goal seems to be, can we just all live, okay? Can we all just survive this thing? Can no one else die? They don't want to experience another death. Now, I'm getting, I'm getting a little like, antsy because I'm getting leading up to the end of this drama so I'm trying not to get ahead of myself so while I'm watching this start of part two I'm impressed by my students I think they're amazing I'm so just enamored by how amazing they're working together but then the story starts to shift where we see that the students start to become divided again so mind you in the beginning of this this drama as students in the classroom, they had their little, um, you know, their little groups. They were not all best friends and buddy buddies. They kind of just, you know, were in the class together, right? But then as they started to train together and start to fight the aliens together, they become one. They become one team. They are not grouped off in little small groups anymore. Yes, they kind of do boys, you know, and girls, but they're not in these, you know, little, little individual groups. They are one unit. But in part two, when we see them working as a unit beautifully, all of a sudden we start to see divides happen. And the divides that do happen are, again, between the students who have recognized (laughs) that they're fighting a war that is not, they're not going to win. And they want to go back to Seoul. They want to go back to to their families and, and just see this through, you know, and be done with this. And then you have students who believe that even if they do want to return, they can't because it's going to put everyone at risk. Their journey back to Seoul is just going to be dangerous. So they rather stay where they are and just wait it out where they are. Then you also have one particular student. And this is a student I mentioned earlier, Kuk Myung-soo, who does not believe that the CSTATS exam is not happening, okay? He still believes that after they finish their mission, he's going to be taking his exam and going to the university. And he's kind of the sole student who believes this. And so they're all divided in some way and they're butting heads and this creates huge tension um, on different fronts. And I don't want to go into all the the tension that it creates, but the major important part of this is that the tension leads to them making a decision and they make a decision to go along with the students who want to return back to Seoul. And the students who want to return back to Seoul and the versus the students who don't, um, you know, they they concede, they, they, they all concede and say, yep, this is what we're going to all do. This is what everyone agrees to do. Let's do it. In making that decision, they have to start the journey back to Seoul. Now, I'm getting ready to talk about the ending of this drama. And as I talk about the ending of this drama, I'm probably, I'm I'm still reeling from it. It was extremely triggering for me. And you'll find out why 
um, once I talk about it, but I am going to go through it kind of in detail of what happens in the end of this drama, because I just, it is the reason why I'm just still <laughs> in shock by this drama. So let's go into this again. The students are starting their journey back to Seoul. And of course it's very dangerous. The more they get, the closer they get to Seoul, the more aliens and spears there are that they may come up against. But there's tension in the group, obviously, because again, they have been divided. They have been split. A group of students, again, wanted to stay where they were and just kind of wait it out. Another group of students want to go back to Seoul. And then the um, one student, he just wants to finish the mission so that he can get his extra points. So they're not happy with each other. They kind of all are kind of at odds with one another, but they start on the journey with the hope that they survive it, but with the understanding that it's going to be extremely difficult. They're doing pretty good. And then they're going on their way and they end up running into students that they had met earlier from another school and they are all dead. So they have a kind of moment together where they just sit down and kind of realize like we we have to focus on doing being together. We can't be at odds with one another. We need to join forces. We need to, you know, remember that we are all we have. And so they kind of shift their mindsets and the kind of group starts to bond again. The only person who seems to not be bonding with the group is again the one student who he is still under the the this belief, <laughs> this actual belief that they should not be returning to Seoul because they need to finish their mission, get their extra points so they can do well on the exams. And the part of the tension that leads them to the realization that the military has been lying to them is that they find out that it has been announced officially that from the government that the exams that they had promised students that they were getting bonus points for would be canceled that year. Obviously, duh, because half the students are dead. <laughs> um, and so they, you know, hear this report after some time, and that's the most motivation for the students to really go back to Seoul. Now, the one student doesn't believe it. He thinks it's a lie, even though they hear it, they know it's it's been told, he still is not believing it. He's like, that's not true, that's not true, that's not true. So while they're bonding and they're they're coming back and they're reconciling and they're they're finding out that the the most important thing during this trek back to Seoul is to be operating as a team, as a unit, he is still only thinking about that exam. We get to see this moment on their journey back to Seoul where they run into an abandoned amusement park and they find a way to, of course, turn the lights on and all the rides on and they get to enjoy the amusement park now that they have kind of become friends again and they're not mad at each other and they start to have good moments, good times and, you know, me watching this, it's just torturous. <laughs> Because you don't have moments like this at so close to the end of the drama without knowing that this is the drama's way of placating us and placating 
the the characters and giving them one good hoorah, you know, one last good hoorah. And I just was holding my breath at this point, even though it's so cute, the scenes of them at the amusement park and them having these bonding moments and them being super sweet to each other. All of these moments are happening and I'm holding my breath. I'm actually holding my breath. And sure enough, with good reason, because we get a a scene here while they're at the amusement park. And this is me getting to, this is the end of the drama guide. So bear with me. I am going to go into detail in describing the ending. So bear with me. So they are enjoying themselves at the amusement park. They're having a wonderful time. I'm watching this, holding my breath, knowing that this is the beginning of the end, that this is only here because they want me to be even more in love and happy with these characters only to rip them from my hands. I know this while I'm watching this moment, I'm watching these scenes. Sure enough, while the, most of the students are on, at the, you know, playing on the rides, a few students are kind of taking a stroll on the beach. And one of the students is a, a character that I didn't even name. I'm sorry. I didn't even mention her. Um, but she, again, like I said, all these characters are important. So uh, forgive me. But her character name is Cha So Yun. And she's played by the actress Shin Su Hyun. And her character is one of the girls in the class who um, ends up having a really, really, really big crush on our platoon leader. Um, from the minute she meets him, she falls head, head over heels for him. However, when he, of course, dies, she is kind of a shell of her former self with with good reason. And she is taking some time on the beach, just kind of, you know, walking along. She's not all for the games and things like that. And one of the other students comes to join her. And this is the student, Joe Jiangsu. He is one of who kind of takes a leadership role after the platoon leader dies because his father has a military background. So it kind of just like naturally comes to him and he's with her and they're just having a moment talking about the state of that they're in. And it's a sweet, kind moment, but they're just having a kind of friend bonding moment on the beach. Now, who is watching this moment is our student again, who. Um, is Kuk Young Su. He is not enjoying himself, obviously. He is still reeling with this notion that they don't have time for this. They need to be fulfilling the mission because, again, they need their bonus points. He needs his bonus points so that he can get into a good school. And he watches them on the beach and they're having this kind of, you know, watching them have this kind of cute moment. And he starts to have. Um, experience extreme jealousy because he's always had a crush um, on Sunyan. And he's watching her, you know, sitting with him, just, you know, having a moment. And he is away, just livid watching this. So while he's watching that and that's making him angry, he ends up seeing an old news you know, newspaper with a headline talking about the CSAT and how they're still going to be a thing. You know, he's like, oh, I was right. I knew it. I knew it. They were all wrong. It really is happening because he reads this headline on this old newspaper. He doesn't care that it's old. He doesn't even recognize that it's old. He just sees the headline and he's like, oh my gosh, I was right. I was right. I got to tell them I was right. He ends up running into 
Soyeon at this point, and he wants to tell her immediately, look what I found. Look what I found. You guys are wrong. You guys are wrong. And he's like shoving this newspaper in her face. And she's like, would you let it go? She sees the newspaper. She sees it's dated, you know, months ago. And she's like, this is old. This is not true. Snap out of it. Get yourself together. And this sends him spiraling. This is the beginning of his spiral. It sends him spiraling. He starts yelling at her. He gets upset at her. He gets aggressive with her. So much so that he ends up pushing her. And she ends up falling. And she hits her head. And she kind of blacks out. While she's laying on the ground unconscious. And again, this is, he runs into her when she's by herself. So it's just him and her. And she falls on the ground unconscious and he takes it upon himself to start to um, sexually assault her. While he's trying, you know, he's trying to assault her, one of our students sees this. Who sees this? One of our reformed bullies, Kwang Ilha. He also has bullied um, Yuxo throughout the drama. So Young, I'm sorry, Young Sue throughout the drama. So them having this moment, of course, is going to be electric. So Ilha sees this. He rushes over immediately to push um, Young Sue off of her. And while he's trying to wake her up and help her regain consciousness, he and Young Sue start a fight. And starting the fight, they have guns. They are reservists, Young Sue ends up shooting and killing Ilha. Mind you, this is while all the other students are having fun, taking pictures in the photo booths together, having getting ready to take a big photo booth, I mean a photo um of you know of all of them. And they're just having the time of their lives in this very unfortunate situation that they're all in. And so they end up hearing this gunshot go off, obviously, and they start rushing to find out what's going on. Their immediate mind is, of course, an alien has appeared and one of our one of their friends has, you know, been is being attacked by it. So they're looking for where the gunshot came off. When they arrive to where it is, they find young, young Sue standing over and unconscious um, so young and blood. They immediately are questioning what happened, what what's going on, what happened, what what is this scene? They're trying to wake up um, so young and she's slowly regaining consciousness. And she was laying there throughout the fight that was happening between the two, slightly unconscious, slightly conscious. You know, she was kind of going in and out of consciousness in that moment. So she didn't really get to see what really took place. She can only kind of kind of make out what happened. Um, and so they're waking her up, asking like, what's going on? What happened? What's wrong? And he immediately, um, Young Su tells them an alien came and it attacked us. It attacked Ilha and it dragged him into the water. And I tried to kill it. That's why I shot at it. But I couldn't save him. I couldn't save Ilha. I couldn't save him. So then immediately they're terrified now that they're, they're heartbroken that Ilha is dead. And then they're terrified that there's aliens where they are. And 
they check their little tracker because they have a little military grade um, detector for the aliens and they see it appears like the aliens are in the water and they're on their way. So the story kind of makes sense to their he- in their head that Ilha was attacked by an alien that came out of the water and they immediately recognize that they have to leave. They have to get out of that amusement park. They have to, you know, have to get get somewhere else. And they can't even take a t- take the time to find the body of Ilha. They can't mourn him in that moment because they are immediately running from aliens again. So it starts to rain, it starts to pour, and they start fleeing the, the amusement park in tears and heartbroken. And as they're trudging through the rain, trying to find somewhere to, to rest, you have young Sue standing in the back obviously guilty and still slightly spiraling as he's watching his classmates in front of him. And he keeps believing and looking at So Yun as she's being kind of held up by her fellow classmates. He keeps looking at her and the classmates and believing that he's hearing them kind of talking about him. And so he's again spiraling, he's spiraling. They finally find an abandoned school. Yes ironic. They find a abandoned school and they go into a classroom and they kind of sit down to kind of gather what just took place. They're again heartbroken that they lost another one of their their team members that they've been trying so hard to protect and keep safe and they're going over that in their head and then they recognize that they're in a classroom and they start to point out look at this, you know, like who would have thought we would have ended up here again, given all that they have gone through to this point. While they're in the classroom, kind of talking about the situation that they're in, we get to see young Sue outside of the school spiraling, seeing visions of Ilha telling him they're going to find out. They're going to find out. Just you wait until they find out. He's seeing this vision of him. He is convinced now that they're going to find out what he did. So in the process of him thinking like that, he goes back up to the, you know, to the classroom that they're in. He's outside the classroom and he looks and, you know, looks at them through the window. And while the students are all starting to kind of just just, they're just discussing. They're just talking. He can't even hear what they're talking about, but he believes he's hearing them talking about the fact that he murdered Ilha. And while they're while he's watching them talking about this, we really get to see what the students are talking about. And the students are talking about what they would want to do if they get the chance to return back home and things become normal again. They talk about all the things they still want to do. People are still talking about going to university and then they're like picking on each other. Like, you still want to go to school after all of this, you know? And so they're just having this kind of heart to heart moment, recognizing how far they've come and the people that they've lost along the way. And then they recognize that they're missing um, Young Sue. And when they realize they're they're missing Young Sue, our um, leader, Jiang Su, immediately jumps up and says, I'll go get him. I'll go find him. And when he does that, he goes to the door of the classroom and he kind of, you know, swings it open 
and an alien immediately jumps at him and it kills him. And then the scene goes black. At this point, while I'm watching this, I I am so mad <laughs> because I knew this was coming, right? I said when I was watching them at the amusement park, this is the end. This is the beginning of the end. They're setting this up for us so that we can have some sweet moments with our, our students before we lose them. I was sure that's what that setup was. So when this happened, when we get to this moment and the door opens and an alien jumps out and attacks our leader, Jong Su, I just, I was like, this is it. This is the end. They're all going to die in this classroom, um, you know, because of these aliens. The scene goes black. And all of a sudden, the scene opens up again with our kimchi. He's in their classroom and it looks normal. He's waking up from a nap on his desk and we see everyone in the classroom, all of our students, all the ones that have passed. We see them laughing, giggling, dancing around, having a good time, having a kiki. And he wakes up from this dream and he's immediately, you know, talking to his friend who's sitting next to him. And he's like, oh my gosh, is everyone okay? Is everyone here? And his friend looks at him confused, of course. And he's like, yeah, what's, what do you mean? He's like, I just had this horrible nightmare that the spheres that are in the sky had aliens and the aliens came down to attack us and we were all dying. You know, he's just like recalling this nightmare that he just had. And his friend is trying to console him, of course, and telling him, you know, it's okay. Everyone's fine. Everyone's here. Look around, you know? And as soon as he's looking around and he's just trying to take it in, like, oh yeah, everyone is here. He hears his name being called. And as he's hearing his name being called, he turns to, you know, discover who's calling his name. And the scene goes black again. (sighs) When he woke up from that nap and he said it was all a nightmare, I thought, oh, wonderful. That's what happened. That's how this story ends. That's how they fight the, you know, the aliens. That's how this, the aliens go away. It was all a dream in the first place, right? Um... But then the minute the scene goes black again, when he's hearing his name being called, I knew that wasn't the case. And the scene opens up again with him trying to regain his consciousness because he seems to be laying on the floor at this point. And the person who's calling his voice is Nada, who is the girl he has had a crush on this entire time. She's shaking him, telling him to wake up. Hurry up, wake up, wake up. You have to wake up. And he's waking up, and as he realizes he's having a hard time getting up from the floor, it's because laying on his body is um, his best friend. His best friend is laying dead on his body. He immediately freaks out, of course, is waking up and regains consciousness to the actual scene that is unfolding before his eyes. The scene then rewinds. And the moment when our leader opened the door of the classroom and the alien came and attacked him, this time the scene reveals that it's not an alien that actually attacks him, but it's Young Suk, 
is Young Tzu, and he had shot him clear into his chest. And then the rest of the scene unfolds as Young Su shoots up the entire classroom full of his classmates, of his unit, his team that he's been with this entire time. He starts to open fire in this classroom without hesitation. The students are completely off guard. Mind you, they all have guns, but none of them are able to pick up their gun fast enough to retaliate, to stop him in any way, shape, or form. Again, he does it without hesitation, without second guessing. It is complete destruction as he opens fires in this classroom. And as he's killing them one by one, I mean, he's firing and spraying this classroom with his automatic weapon that he has. Some students start to crawl from the back of the classroom. There's a, you know, there's always the two doors in the Korean classrooms and the back door. Few students get the door open and they start to crawl into the hallway. He follows those students out into the hallway and continues to open fire. As he is shooting at those um, right there, clear, I mean, he's, these are students that he has been with this entire time. And he, I'm having a hard time even talking about it because it's still, like I said, playing in my head. And it's just, it makes me so sad. It makes me so sad because one of our students, one of the girls, um, Yi Sun Yi was one of it's her character name. She all she talked about while she was there was she wanted to go back home to see her mom. She wanted she missed her mom. She missed her mom. She missed her mom. And she's in the hallway when he follows the students out, and she crawls up to his leg and she's, you know, pleading to him to stop this. She's like, let's go back to Seoul together. Let's go back home together. She's pleading to him hold it onto his leg and he completely disregards her and shoots her directly in her head close range and again I was traumatized I was traumatized I was traumatized so most of the students that are in the classroom out of our squad have been shot and killed we have a few that are in the hallway. We have, actually, we have Bora, who has been shot in the hallway, but she is slowly bleeding out. We also have No Esol in the hallway with Bora. They got out together. And Bora is telling Esol as she's, you know, breathing her last breath, telling her to run, to get away, to go, to run. And Esol, who's also shot, but she is still able to kind of move. She's holding on to Bora, not wanting to let her go. And then he turns around to shoot and kill Kimchi and Nada. He shoots at both of them. Both of them get shot. Um, and as he gets closer to them, Kimchi pleads with him, of course, and he's pleading with him, please don't do this, snap out of it, don't do this, don't do this. 
and as he's pleading with him, all of a sudden, another shot is fired and it's actually at Young Soo. And it is Aesol who ends up shooting and killing and stopping Young Soo. <sighs> so out of our, say, almost 15 students who are in this remaining, only four of them survive. And they were not attacked by aliens. They were not killed by aliens. They were killed by one of their own. And watching this scene was so triggering for someone like me who lives in America, who lives in the States, and who has gone through the American school system, who still works in education um, in this in the United States. It was so triggering to see a student open fire on their classmates in the classroom. And I'm still reeling from it. I'm still reeling from it. I'm still reeling from it. And I wanted to go into detail about the ending of this story because I wanted to highlight how they set this story up (laughs) in a way where you are completely, completely attached and enamored with these students. They feel like your students. (laughs) You feel like they're yours. And you get so attached to them. And so as I was preparing myself to see them go in some way, they went in the worst possible way they could go. The worst possible way they could go by one of their own. For no reason at all. For no reason at all. And I was, and still am, distraught and heartbroken and reeling from this ending. I Can I tell you, I cannot explain how. And I sat there watching it. I didn't cry. I sat there in shock. I was in absolute, utter shock. I could not cry. I could not... I could not even react while I was watching all of this play out because I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that's what was happening. I was waiting for the dream sequence to, 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 you know, for him to wake up from the dream again. And it never happens. And then after that scene, we get a time jump. We get a time jump to two years later and we're back with kimchi and he's going into a classroom to take the CSTAT exam. And while he sits down to take this exam, he's narrating and he's letting us know that after that incident, two months after that incident, all of a sudden, the military comes up with a weapon of mass destruction that completely annihilates the aliens in one go. So the war is over. The war is over all of a sudden. After all that the students went through and after all the things that led to their demise, the war is simply over. And again, it's anticlimactic, but it tells you again that the story was not at all about 
these aliens attacking Earth. And when I realized is, you know, I mean, I had already realized it from the first episode, but it really drilled it home at the end there when you get this kind of quick narration about, and guess what? After all of that, they found a way to kill the aliens in one go and it was all nothing, you know, and everything was fine again. And everything was all of a sudden fine again. And that's when I knew, wow, this story really went there for me. (laughs) It really went there for me. And I recognized what the story was really about. I recognized what that they were really, you know, what the alien invasion was even really being used as. Um, it, it's like, and I was talking to the, talking about this drama with my best friend who does not watch dramas like that. But I was just talking about it because I was just, again, so real, so much reeling from this. And we were talking about how the alien invasion can be seen as an allegory. Um, It can be seen as an allegory for the darker aspects of human nature, our fickleness, our selfishness, our fear, and our self-preservation instincts. When we're faced with an external threat like aliens, humans, you know, we can band together and we try our best to work towards the common goal. But this sense of unity and purpose is sometimes fragile, sometimes still fragile. And so in this story, in the face of an actual alien evasion, we see how some students prioritize their own individual survival above all else. They acted selfishly and without regard for their, their peers. And even at times where some of the students were gripped with their fear and they were unable to sometimes act or think clearly in the face of this kind of grander threat, you know, they still were doing what they could to be a part of the group and not harm the group if they could. But then there are those others who it it didn't matter. It was always them prioritizing their own self-interest. And then when you think about why would someone want to preserve themselves more than their their team, right? When it's like, if we all work together, we all can fight this one thing. It came back down to how we are unfortunately still placed in scenarios where you can't find unity when you've always been a person who seems to be on the outskirts looking in. So for our young Sue character who gets no excuses because he's a a clear murderer, but for his character, the thing that we get to know about him at the very end before all of this takes place is that his main obsession with this test and going to university is because he has grown up in extreme poverty. He believes the only way he can see any relief from that type of life is to go to a good school and get a good job. That is his only reason he believes he can, that's his only motivation for doing anything is to to escape poverty. And the only way to do that is to go to a good school and get a good job. He's also a victim, obviously, in that regard. But it also showcases that you cannot expect everyone to band together at the face of a external, you know, a, the same external threat when when there aren't any external threats, 
you have put them against each other and put some people on the outskirts looking in. Some people are not, does not, do not have access to what everybody else does. So you've already made them feel like all they can care about and focus on is themselves because that's all they have. They just have themselves. And yet you expect in the moment of let's work together, let's be together, let's support each other, that all of that's going to just go away. And it doesn't. Self-preservation remains, right? Um, And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that instead of, you know, prioritizing the needs of the group over your own self-preservation instincts and to overcome your fears to act in the best interests of all, you still succumb to, you don't want to sacrifice yourself in the face of this. And I think the thing that stood out to me the most with this ending, again, where the the main purpose, the main point was not about these aliens in the first place, but about humans and the darker aspects of human nature and how that is also tied to the way that we breed those and the way that we um, actually fuel those aspects of humans instead of nurturing um some of the better aspects of humans is through this kind of individualistic um, lifestyle that we we herald where it's like hey you're the one you're the only one that can you know study for that exam and get yourself through university and get a good job you're it's all on you to do that and so when you foster that and you foster students who who are focused on that instead of focusing on looking around them and looking outside of that main goal and looking at all the other things that their life is comprised of and what makes their life full, like building healthy friendships and relationships with others um, and their peers, when you don't foster that and you foster the opposite, it this makes sense in a weird, unfortunate way. So just amazed by this drama just absolutely amazed by this drama. I was heartbroken at multiple points of this drama at the end of part one and at the end of part two. I was completely heartbroken. I think they did an amazing job with this drama. I think there were, I've I've learned that there were, you know, drastic changes to um, the story based off of the original as in our platoon leader, I don't believe died in the first one, which is shocking to me because now I'm like, I don't know how the story would have progressed had he been there. Um, and then at the end, I think with the, the actual shooting of all of our students, I don't think all of those students end up getting shot before um, young Su was killed. So it just, you know, the, the changes that they made made the story more heart-wrenching and more horrific. And was that worth it, right? You know, I don't know. But sometimes you do see with stories and, and media and, and things like that, the need to to put forth the absolute worst possible scenario so that you really do feel the after effects or you feel the effects of the story they're trying to tell. And I have to say, this was definitely the case with this drama in me. I really felt that had they not killed the platoon leader and had they not had such a gory graphic scene of a school shooting, basically, 
I don't know if it would have left me as affected by the drama as this drama as it did. Um, so again, I don't want to say that this is a drama that I recommend to anyone. I don't recommend this drama to anyone. And I think when I first talked about it after watching the first three episodes, I was down to recommend it. I thought everybody should be watching it. I was like, oh my gosh, why is it? Why aren't more people talking about duty after school? This is so good. I, I don't want to... S- I don't want to keep saying that everyone should watch this. I wanted to come to say that for sure. Everyone should not watch this drama. It is beyond triggering. Like I said, for me personally, it it was too much, honestly. And I don't recommend it to anyone. However, after going through this story and this journey with these students, I have to say I love them. I absolutely love these characters. I feel head over heel with these actors. I want to watch them and everything they've ever done. I can't wait to see more that they do in the future because there are a lot of young actors in this drama and they're just beginning their careers. Their performances were amazing. And I think the story itself was such a well-written story. I think I don't know what, you know, all the changes that may have happened from the original story, but I think even with the stylistic changes the drama made, I still think they did an amazing job. Yes, it was as horrific as it could be, but I still think they did um, an amazing job telling their story. I also believe that this is one of my favorite dramas of the year, if not my favorite of the year right now. I have not been as um, gripped by a drama this year as I have been with this one. I could not wait for part two. And you know, I hate part twos and I still don't believe that it needed a part two, but man, oh man, I was on the edge of my seat watching each episode. I was so affected by each episode. I I really, 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 really love this drama, but I do not recommend it to anyone. I barely recommend it for me for a rewatch. I don't think I'll ever rewatch this drama. Um, there were, again, so many fun and cute moments throughout such a horrific story, but it's just still not for the faint of heart. And I don't regret watching it, obviously, because like I said, I think this was one of the best dramas I've watched this year. I'm still affected by it, and that says a lot. And I don't think that the ending was for... Um, you know, just effects. Like, I think it all made sense when we got there. It led up to this spiraling of this one student. He was this way throughout the entire story. And to see kind of the the breakdown of his character and kind of what really was his motivations at the end there, it, as, again, as horrible as it was, it still, um, you didn't feel like they just had this happen just to happen, right? I feel like they were trying to lead up to this slowly, um, this breakdown of this character, this snapping of this character, this this kind of losing it of this character. And it, trauma, it traumatized me, man. Oh my gosh, it traumatized me. So again, I don't recommend this to anyone. And I'm going to stop talking about it because again, it's just a difficult drama to watch. Even though there were so many good moments in it. There were so many cute and fun moments in it and watching these characters interact in them, you know, just being their teenage selves 
were, it was such a big part of the story, but it also, it was hard to watch them struggle. It was hard to watch them struggle. But yeah, I'm done. I gotta stop talking about this drama. I, again, think it's one of the best dramas I watched this year. And it's probably one of my favorites of this year. I probably will never rewatch it. I don't recommend anyone else watch it. But the fact that this, the, the, the ride that this drama put me on was like no other. And this is coming from someone who has watched We Class Hero 1, who has watched All of Us Are Dead. You know, these are, the, I watched Happiness. You know, these are similar types of stories. And there was something about this one where all, it just, the format and the way that they played, this all played out. It was different. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. It was just different. I think it was how it all explodes in the end. Okay, let me just not go into all those details. But basically, I love this drama despite being completely and utter destroyed by it. And I don't recommend it to anyone unless you can handle the gore and the horrificness of, of this type of story. And I think it's going to be one of my top dramas of the year, for sure. Okay, so that's all for this episode. Sorry, it was a long one. But thank you so much for listening. And whether you're listening in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening, I hope you have a great day. So everyone, it's been real. Lola's off.